What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley, and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics the top sales and marketing leaders are using to create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question, and this show is the answer. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is Ryan Staley, and I am the host of the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom podcast. Super excited today. I have a very, very special guest. It is Brian Golid. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for coming here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I appreciate you immensely and very excited to share my story and empower anybody who's listening. Yes, yes. I'm super excited. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting you, but before I get into that, let me give you a quick intro for those of you who might not know Brian. Brian is an absolutely beautiful person that I met about six months ago, actually on LinkedIn as a platform. And in doing that, you know, kind of what I discovered about Brian is he, and I'm not going to get too much into his story because I really want to, I want him to share what he's been able to do, but I'm going to give you a little snippet. So Brian has done a lot of amazing things. He was basically like a program manager and the kind of sales IT, or IT liaison component prior to his new life that he's been embarking on. Originally grew up in Argentina, immigrated to Canada, developed his a way to monetize LinkedIn. How many people are like really, really wanting to do that? Um, and on top of it, he's helping people create their dream life by immigrating to Canada. And on top of it, he's an absolute beautiful soul who gives his heart into everything that he does. And on top of it, I told you that about how he monetizes LinkedIn. But the really cool thing is because of his spirit, because he's been able to give back to people, he's actually blown up to his followers close to 180, 190,000, probably almost 200,000 now. Is that accurate, Brian? As of uh, today, 189,000. Yes. Wow, 189,000 followers. There's not very many people. So buckle up. Uh, Brian's going to share some, some nuggets, some really actionable tactics that you can leverage and make an impact on your life. So, so Brian, why don't we start off? I want, I want everybody to know more about you because a lot of people know about you on LinkedIn, but not in necessarily the sales and marketing bubble. So I think there's a really a ton that you could offer and different unique insights, which is one of the, the, the main reasons besides just your spirit, your values on why I wanted to have you on. So can you just give people a little bit of background about you and kind of how you got to this, this place that you're in now and, and, and kind of what you're up to? Absolutely. So how did this LinkedIn thing happen for me? It was a complete fluke. I had no idea that it was going to happen. I was not looking for it. I did know that I wanted to start to build my authority of some sort. I wanted to showcase my knowledge, skills, experience, and expertise. And as most people, I had no idea what I was doing on LinkedIn when I first started on the platform. And to be a little bit more tangible, what does that mean? I was actually writing articles on LinkedIn. Who writes articles? I'm not sure. Who likes to read articles? I'm not sure. <laughs> I personally don't like to read any articles. So after writing 18 articles, so every single day while I was on my way to work, instead of playing Candy Crush or listening to Spotify or you name it, doing something that made absolutely no sense and added no value to my life, I would be on the subway or the bus writing articles. 
So I had about an hour commute time. So I was writing something that once I, found, once I got internet connection, because in Toronto, <laughs> in the subway, there's no internet connection. So once we came out, I would post my article. So it would take me about 45 minutes to an hour to write one. And after writing 18 articles, mind you, I had a very small account with hundreds of followers only. Nobody was engaging, not even my mom. I mean, just a couple of people, maybe like here and there. And then I realized nobody is engaging with these articles because really the money is in the posts. And that's when I started and I realized, wait, I need to actually make my, my content, my value a lot more concise. With articles, there's no maximum number of characters that I was able to find. Maybe the maximum is 30,000 characters. With posts, it's 1,300 characters. So I had to be a lot more concise. Now, why do I tell you this? Because as I was writing these articles, a gentleman, his name is Jean-Claude, I call him Claude, um, from South Africa, living in South Africa, not in Toronto, but living in South Africa, he reached out to me and he said, Brian, can you help me with my next interview? I said, absolutely, when is it? And he said, I don't have one yet. <laughs> so I thought, what kind of conversation is this, right? This is probably the first person who reached out to me on LinkedIn asking me for help after I was showcasing some of my knowledge on how to interview well, right? That's, that's why he reached out to wanting to get my help. I was like, he's reaching out to me for help, but he doesn't have an interview lined up. So what did I say? I said, absolutely. Whenever you have one, just let me know. So I kind of like pushed him away without really knowing what was going to happen. So he went away. He came back two days later and he said, Brian, I have an interview tomorrow. He said, amazing. Congratulations. I said, can I help you? And he said, well, do you know anything about logistics? Now he was first two days before he was asking me for help. Now he was interviewing me to see whether I could actually help him. Right? So do you know anything about logistics or freight forwarding? I was like, I don't know anything about that. However, I know how to interview really well. So he said, okay, I'll take you up on that. I wasn't charging for this, by the way. I was doing it out of my heart. And today still when I do anything on LinkedIn or anywhere for that matter, I still do it out of my heart. But at the moment I was not charging for my services. So we hopped on a 35 minute call and I understood what was holding him back. He, he had been unemployed for a very long time. And I understood what was holding him back. Mm -hmm. And after 35 minutes, I wished him well on his interview. The next day he had the interview, I wished him well. I, the next day I also sent him a message and I said, hey, I wish you the best in your interview. And when he came out, he said, I think I got this. I said, you got it? No, no. He said, I believe that I got it. Okay, we'll see what happens. I said, okay, great. We just kept in touch. And for the next two weeks, I was every Second day, I was following up with him to see, hey, any news? No news, good news? He said, yeah, no news, good news. Then something interesting happened. Two weeks later on the dot, it was the anniversary of the passing of my dad. May he rest in peace. That day, I'm not kidding you, I felt that my life was going to change. It is like a movie. It's like when you listen to somebody else's story, you know, but it truly happened to me that my life was going to change. I truly felt that. So I messaged this gentleman, Claude, again, and he said, Claude, no news, good news? And he said, I got the offer. So I called him on WhatsApp right away. He was driving. Then he started to cry. I started to cry. And he said, I can't drive like this. He had to pull over. And then after a few minutes, he said, let me call you later. 
So I was, at, I was working for the government of Canada at the time. And after we hung up, I mean, I congratulated him. I was super excited for him. And he actually became the right hand of the CEO of a multinational. So he went from being unemployed for a long time. He became the right hand of the, of the CEO of a multinational, thanks to the help that I gave him. Wow. Um, after we hung up, I sat back on my chair and I thought to myself, were the planets aligned or do I actually have a skill? Because after 35 minutes, I got this gentleman back on his feet with his confidence, and now he's able to provide to his family again. Mm -hmm. He's able to feed his children, his wife. He has his sense of dignity, respect for himself. So I wasn't content with that. I was happy for him, but I wanted to know whether I had any skills or not. Mm -hmm. So I went on a quest to try to find more people that I could help. And then I found seven more people, and every single one of them that I mentored, I got them back on their feet at their very next interview. And then something interesting happened. And this is the most important thing. And this is my significant other, my wife. She said to me, Brian, I love what you're doing, but you are married and you have a young daughter. She was probably a year old at the time. She said, you're spending a lot of time with all these people who probably after you help them and you get them back on their feet, they will forget you. I said, yes, but it feels so fulfilling to be able to help other people. She said, okay, that's amazing what you're doing, but at least charge for, for your time. If you charge for your time, at least, you know, you're being fair to yourself. You're valuing yourself, your skills, knowledge, experience, and expertise. So I listened to her, and the first time that I charged for anything, it was about $100 US. It was for a resume. Now I am the most expensive resume writer on the entire platform, and I charged $3,500 for a resume, and that happened very, very quickly after. I started increasing my price and people were still willing to pay. So I kept on increasing and I have a formula for that. And I teach other people. And I also charge for uh, an interview session to mentor people, $4,500 US. And that is typically about three to four hours long. So right now I'm making about $1,500, so $1,500 US per hour for any type of services that I offer. So that's how I got into this. And yeah, that's in a nutshell. That's that's my story. That's awesome, man. I mean, and here's, here's the beautiful thing about that is like you were starting off and coming from a place of service to begin. And so in doing that, you actually proved out yourself, proved out your value, executed on a skill that you didn't even really knew you probably had. And then your wife, which, you know, I, I see her sometimes online. She's a sweetheart. You just tell, um, for her to be like, basically like, dude, you got a family, <laughs> you got, you got to start charging, you know? And, and, and so you did, and then born out of that, you know, you were helping other people. And so it just sounds like a, a really, really cool virtuous cycle that, that kind of happened. Um, just, just feels amazing, you know, to be able to empower other people, get them back on their feet. At the end of the day, I'm not counting money. I'm counting stories. When I talk to my wife at the table or sitting in bed, I tell them how I help this person from Canada or Kenya or Ghana or India or Bangladesh or South America. It doesn't matter from where. It just feels amazing to have been able to impact positively another human being, you know? Yeah, oh yeah, dude. It's, that's, that's awesome. So, so fast forward, why don't we, we uh, so, so that's a great, and I want to dig into that. So let's, 
let's dig into that. And you said you have a formula for for monetizing LinkedIn and increasing your prices. Can you give us you know the the listeners some nuggets on could on what they could potentially do? Because there's so many amazing people out there that have ninja skills at different things. And obviously this podcast is around sales and marketing with with ninja skills and creating and lifestyle freedom. So can you talk about just some something tangible like actionable strategy and tactics that people can truly use and walk away and, and use right now. Absolutely. So the first thing is about how I start with this program is crawl, walk, run. The first thing that you need to do is prove yourself that you actually have the skill that people are happy with whatever service you are providing to them and that more people will want you. So don't be overly concerned about how much you can charge be more concerned about whether you can deliver some value to people, whether you can truly make a difference in their careers or their lives or whatever it is that you're providing a service to them for. So put yourself in their shoes and try to make a real impact. So when you're crawling, you're figuring things out. You're trying to just get started, right? Get the ball moving, making sure that people are aware of what you're doing. You're building relationships on LinkedIn as well. A lot of people make the mistake on LinkedIn that they are pitching all the time, constantly, either via private message, direct message, or they are, um, they are posting and they are saying what it is that they have to offer. And really on LinkedIn, the people who do the best, who perform the best, are the people who are showcasing what they are doing for others, how they've been able to make an impact on other people's lives. So you want to attract other people. You want them, you want them to consume your story and you want to somehow for that story to resonate with them, for them to say, wow, I want to be associated with Brian. I want Brian's service as well because I want to get to that place. I will tell you something very funny. I had a few months ago, let's say a year ago maybe, uh, an Indian client of mine who lives about an hour and a half away from here. He came from one of my sessions for what I call interview sniper, which is the, the session in which I, I mentor him on how to crack an interview. And while I was teaching him, mentoring him, sitting at the, at the Starbucks, he asked me, Brian, do you know why I'm here? I said, no. I mean, I could imagine that he wanted me to mentor him. The other thing that crossed my mind probably was that he wanted to shoot me <laughs> one or the other, <laughs> right? But uh, no, I don't know why. So he said, there are three reasons why I'm here. The first one is you have a really positive vibe. I guess your vibe comes across on social media. If you are constantly empowering others, inspiring others, sharing your knowledge, people can tell that it's not about you, that you're not there just tooting your own horn, that you're trying to make a difference in other people's lives. The second one, he said, is that he would like to be associated with me as well because there are so many successful stories or success stories around me and he wanted to be the next one. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is, well, you're so damn expensive, he said. I, want, I wanted to find out what it is that you offer because my price was so expensive. And this is, again, your podcast is meant for salespeople, right? They are going to be consuming this. There are people who undervalue and underprice, right? They cast their costs to compete with others. When people go down, I go up with my price. I actually, I don't care what people are doing. I always go up with my price. When I prove myself that people are willing to pay X, I go with X times something. Always keep on going up with my value. And people somehow, are, they find a way to be able to pay. And if they cannot pay, I give them flexibility. So I'll give you another nugget if you want. 
Yeah, well, let's go. Let's go yeah. with the bonus. We got three. Let's go for four, man. Okay. So the four other nugget, <laughs> the <laughs> other nugget is that most people cannot afford me. That's that's the truth. No one has four thousand five hundred dollars U.S. in the bank account. Okay, no, just waiting there to be spent on a three-hour session or four-hour session. No one has that kind of money. So the only way to convince people without really trying too hard is by giving pe- people flexibility. Most people, with the payments, I mean, most people will want to have some sort of discount. They would be willing to pay instead of 4,500, they would like to pay 3,000, right? I could easily say yes, and probably they would say, okay, great, I'll pay you, no problem. Uh, Still, they would not have $3,000, so I'm not sure how they would pay me. Mm -hmm. So instead, what I do is I give them flexibility, and I say, you can pay me over 12 months, no interest, right? And I just break it up into 12 payments. And if they need more, then they say, okay, if you want to pay me over two years, then you pay me whatever the amount was plus a 20% interest, right? So that is one of the ways that they can actually afford me. Now, they might ask me again, but can you give me a discount? I said, actually, no. And the reason, the logic behind it, people don't like to just hear no. They They want to hear an explanation behind it. Why can I not get a discount? Why, can it, why does everybody else offer a discount and you, you don't? And the reason is, I say this, if I give you a discount in, in price, then I have to give you a discount in quality as well. I will give you, without even wanting, I will give you a discount in quality. I will not even care to actually give you the time of the day, to give you the quality that you deserve because you are getting a discount. So if I don't give you a discount, I will have to actually deliver the quality that I stand for, which is excellence, right? I want you to be happy with my service. So that's why I don't give you a discount because I don't want to set myself up for failure. So I give you flexibility instead. That's one of the ways that I manage to get people to pay what I really want them to pay. Wow. So, so let me just recap that. So we got all that. So you, so you gave us three, uh, three ninja skills or tactics or bombs or whatever you want to call it, plus a bonus. So uh, crawl, walk, run, right? Create value first, like tangible value. So make sure you can execute on it. Uh, performing the best in, in basically having other people consume your story and really understand where you're coming from and share the success you've had with others. And then when other people go down, you, don't be afraid to go up if, if the value is there because you've already proven it. And the first step, you know, just making sure you can do it with other people. And then don't be afraid to escalate. And then number four, is flexibility, which is so huge today. I mean, outside of what you're talking about, Brian, there's people that run into it. I see it in forums all the time. Hey, I'm a, clients want cancellation for convenience at any step of the way. So there's a lot of a lot of flexibility that people want with anything right now, just because of all the uncertainty. So I think that's a really smart play that you had. And then your your logic is sound, man. You know, you have a why of like, yeah, I can't just drop my price because then my quality is not going to be as good. And, and I think that's fair. Did I miss anything? No, that, that's spot on. The one thing that I want to uh, share with anybody listening, uh, especially salespeople and marketing, is that I have no background in marketing or sales whatsoever. Actually, uh, I mean it with respect. I never wanted to be a salesperson. I never wanted to push something that the other person I think that unfortunately, a lot of salespeople uh, have a, a bad rep because of mm-hmm. some bad, bad people in any industry, really, they make a, a, a bad image for everybody else. But if you really are concerned for the other person's objective, 
really you put yourself in their shoes and you try to help them achieve their objective, right? I don't have, I, I, maybe I wanted to see myself more as a business developer rather than a salesperson. I don't mean anything bad for being in sales, but really I try to put myself in the shoes of the person who's seeking my service and not trying to push anything. So one of the things that I do, if you want another one, is that I never follow up. Never, ever, ever I follow up with anyone. Why? Because if a person truly wants my service, they will come back to me. I should have made enough of an impact, enough of an impression on them that they will want to come back to me and say, Brian, I'm ready. And interestingly enough, just a couple of months ago, Two people reached out to me on the same day. One of them I had met 13 months ago or 13 months prior to the the moment that she came back to me. And the previous one had met me 13 days prior. And both of them came back on the same day and they said, Brian, I'm ready for your service. On that same day, I made $7,000, right? Of course, they didn't pay me right away both the entire amount. One of them said, I want to pay you $1,500 today and the rest can I pay you over like, I don't know, four payments. And the other one said, can I pay you over 12 payments like you were saying? Yeah, absolutely. The interesting thing is that the one that reached out to me after 13 months, when I first gave her a quote for my service, it was half the price. But because my, my service keeps on increasing every month or every four months or however long it takes, she ended up paying double. And she was happy with it. Wow. Yeah, I, I think so. And I know you personally, and, and I, I've had the pleasure of getting to know you personally over the last six months. It just it kind of happened on accident. I, I don't even remember. I think I, I saw your post on LinkedIn. I reached out to you. We started chatting, kept in touch. And then, you know, now we're in kind of the same private mastermind together that with, with other entrepreneurs that are way beyond where we're at right now or yet. Let me put yet, you know, making building companies from zero to 10 million in a couple of years. And, and even one that built a company from zero to a billion dollar valuation in five years, no PE. So that's someone who we get coached by and learn. And so uh, that's been amazing. Um, the one thing that I think I see, cause I, you know, I engage with your content. I see your content. The only way that in sales, I've been in sales for 22 years now because I started in college. And the only way you can get away with not following up with someone is if you're doing, and I, this is, I love to segue into your post, but you're hitting people emotionally where they live and making an impact there because in, in the B2B space, it's a little bit different from that aspect. So why don't we, like, this is a great perspective I think you could share with some of the users. And I've seen people that have the absolute, um, most terrible pipeline ever, but connect to people at a deep emotional level and absolutely crush their number, destroy everybody and are the number one rep in the company, even though there's a lot of other deficiencies that they have or do, but it's all because they connect with people emotionally. So let's hit on that, man. Um, can you talk a little bit about that with, with LinkedIn and how you post? Because even though you didn't talk to that, those people for a year or 13 months, absolutely. you were still talking to them every day when you posted. So can you just walk through that a little bit? Yeah, the thing is that it's interesting that on LinkedIn, even when people are not engaging with your posts, they might still be consuming your content or your value, as I like to call it. I like to put value out. I don't like to be on LinkedIn to entertain people, although some people say, you're very entertaining with whatever it is that I share. I'm not there to entertain people with with funny stuff, right? I'm not going to post a dog riding a unicycle. I'm there to share something valuable, something tangible that someone can take away 
and apply to their lives or their careers or wh wherever it is, but something that they can truly use. Watching a dog ride a unicycle might be a little bit inspiring if they write a nice quote around it or they try to spin it in a way that, wow, even dogs can learn a new skill, whatever it is, but really it doesn't do anything for you, right? So I try to give people something tangible and I push them so that people realize, wow, this Brian guy is just a regular guy and I want everybody to know I'm this regular guy. I, what I believe is special about me is that I'm not special at all. And if I could do it, I want everybody else to recognize if Brian could do it, so can I. Basically, I want everyone to adopt that mindset. And that's why I'm sharing this, my knowledge with everybody else. As opposed to everybody else or most people out there who hold their cards to themselves. And whenever they figure things out, they don't share that knowledge because they think that somebody else is going to copy them. For me, the more that I share with other people openly, the more trust I build, right? And the more that people think or, or recognize me or perceive me as, wow, this guy's trustworthy, he's transparent, he actually does care for our well-being and he's giving everything away. And before I share with you, when I realized that I actually had that soft skill and I was able to connect with people, um, one of the things that happened to me back in January, so people, I didn't say this, but I have an accent. Oh, you actually mentioned that I was from Argentina. So I was born and raised. I thought it was, I thought it was uh, Ireland. You have an Irish accent, <laughs> no. maybe, uh, maybe Polish or something. No, it's like Argentinian, right? Yeah, there you go. Argentinian accent. So I was born and raised in Argentina. I cannot even pretend to drop it to the point that even when I say hi or hello, everybody turns around. Right? If I go into a, into a room here in Toronto, in, in Canada, or wherever it is, if I say hi, everybody turns around. So <laughs> the interesting thing about this is that um, I don't even know where I was going now. You killed me. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I totally derailed it. Like, you're, you're like, yeah, I got this great point. I'm going to crush it. And then I busted your flow. Like, I, no. it, was, it was like when we were talking and you said, you said chick magnet. I, I absolutely loved it. So... Um, no, you're talking about how you, uh, you immigrated oh, from- Oh, I know, I know. Before I forget, I'm getting old here. <laughs> so I was in, in, in January, my LinkedIn account was at 55,000 followers, about 50,000 followers, okay? And my grandma, uh, just a couple of days before my birthday, um, she was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, she has had her six sessions now and she managed to get through. So she's doing fine. Um, but I had promised to myself before I left Argentina, this was 17 years ago almost, that if my grandparents ever needed me because of health reasons, I would be there by them, by their side. Oh, wow. So when I found out that my grandma was diagnosed with cancer, I, I booked a flight and the next day after my birthday, I flew down to Argentina. By the way, I did it the next day because I, have a, I had a young son who is not even a year old yet. So I spent my birthday with my family here and then the next day I flew down to Argentina. This was in January, the pandemic had not yet kicked in. Nobody was talking about the pandemic, okay? So I flew down to Argentina and I was sitting right next to my grandma for the first day of her first chemo session. I wanted to be there. It was very meaningful for me to be right next to her and, and walk her into that session to give her strength. And on that day or, or maybe within that week when I was by her side, um, I realized, wait a second, I'm helping a lot of people get back on their feet. I help them with a resume, with the ATS resume template that everybody would love to have that they don't understand how to make. I have this template that has worked immensely well with uh, 
organizations like Microsoft, LinkedIn, uh, World, World Bank, ST Lauder, many large organizations, right? United Nations even. And I have this template that I, that I hold to myself and there are many parents out there who cannot provide to their families. They cannot even feed their families and they cannot even get an interview. And I'm holding this document, it's basically a digital document, right? A resume, and I'm holding it to myself instead of empowering other people to be able to provide and feed their families. So as I was sitting next to my grandma, who is a very generous person, I thought to myself, you know what? Although I've made a lot of money out of this resume and this service that I provide, I think that I should just put it out there and just share it with the world. And I hope that the most number of people can benefit from it. I was not expecting anything in return. I didn't want followers. I, I wasn't expecting followers. I wasn't expecting to make definitely not extra money because of it, because I was giving it away for anybody to use. And it was crazy what happened. Within one week, my followers went from 55,000 to 93,000. So I gained 38,000 followers in one week. There was one point at, at which I was gaining 21 new followers per minute. And it was crazy. I was like timing it. Like how many followers can I get per minute? It was crazy. And crazy. it was nonstop, 21 followers per minute. Um, I was also able to build a mailing list of 70,000 email addresses. So 70,000 people downloaded my resume and my post got to 4.7 million views. Wow. At the time, I only had 50,000 followers. So this post did who knows how many times, like 20, 70, 50, I don't even know the math behind, but basically do 4.7 million divided by 50,000 and you will get the X times that I got my, my post to go viral. Um, it was amazing. And that's the moment where I realized even more that the more I give, the more I get. So I managed to start growing a lot faster because of that. Wow. That's an awesome story. Thank you. I, um, there's a lot, I mean, there's lots to unpack from that, it, but it, it goes right back to one of your core, you know, your, your step number one, crawl, walk, run and, and create value first for free. And, and so many people are like, leave with value, leave with value. Everybody's like starting to go like dead behind the eyes when they hear that statement. But that those are tangible results of that statement and the, the basically what that can create for you. And, and I think, you know, I, I've seen how people interact with you and they absolutely love you that, that are connected to you. So I, I think you've done an awesome job of building a, I would say culture, right? A culture. Um, which we know where that comes from, but, uh, but yeah, absolutely. truly amazing, man. And, and I've noticed that, and I actually talked to a really successful entrepreneur today. I, just, I got back from lunch a few hours ago. He's going to be coming on the show down the road. And that was one of his main points is he's like, he had a completely, cause it was more of like a brick and mortar type business where it was in person. It wasn't brick and mortar, like a store, but physical presence, right, Brian. And, and so he was talking to me, he was going on and on. He's like, Brian, he's like, most of my competitors just rely on email and digital things and to, to connect with their customers. He's like, I took it in the exact opposite direction. He's like, I started, you know, reaching out directly and connecting and helping other people. And really he's like, and yeah, you can't look at it through the lens of, Hey, I'm going to, I need to, if I do this for them, I need to get this from them right away. Right. You just have to have faith that you put a lot of good out in the world and it starts to come back to you in spades or, or fivefold or tenfold. And that's, that's what happened with that resume, man. You pop that out there and then it exploded and you got a post with 4.7 million 
use. I mean, that's amazing, dude. So that's awesome. I appreciate it. Now, a lot of people have asked me, mm-hmm. when did you become this uh, generous person, right? And, and the truth is that I've been this generous for as long as I can remember, since I was five years old. When I was in school, and I noticed that this other kid in my class didn't have the books, and I had the books. I went to my parents and I said, can I get two sets of books? Somehow, I don't know how, I found out that he could not afford the, the books. I went to my parents and I said, can I have two sets of books? And they asked, why? Because there's this kid in my class who cannot afford them. They said, absolutely, of course. My parents are very generous as well. And so I was the only kid invited to his birthday party because he couldn't actually invite any kids because he couldn't afford to have any kids. So at that very moment, when I was a kid, I was old enough to know what's good from what's bad. I was generous already. So when I am on LinkedIn, it's not about turning on a mask or putting up a facade. Oh, I am this kind of person on LinkedIn, but when we go for coffee, I behave completely differently and I'm, I'm not generous at all. I'm not going to pay for your coffee or whatever it is. I behave the exact same way to the point that people say when they meet me in person or over Zoom now during the pandemic, they say, you're the exact same person. Yes, I want to be the exact same person. It becomes very difficult to keep up two different personalities. So I am the exact same person. And for those that I resonate with, amazing. And those that I don't, whatever, it's fine. I don't have to be liked by everyone. I hope that I'm liked by everyone, but I understand that the reality is that not, I may not be everybody's cup of tea, right? So yeah, I am who I am and I try to give as much as I can. And I try to lead by example and, and walk my talk. And if you don't mind, I'll tell you that my background is in technology, right? So I've been 20, 23 years in, in technology and when I realized that I could connect with people was when I was working for a very large organization and I realized that many of our clients were leaving us or they were very upset with our software. I was brand new there in that organization. And I learned this and I, tell, I told my, my manager, I said, did you notice, did you hear what, what I heard at the town hall? I said, what? I said, well, we have attrition, right? We are losing our clients. Yeah, but that's not our problem, he said. Well, (laughs) it was our software. My division, my department was actually creating that software. I was brand new there. I had been there for like a week, okay? But I I observed that. I paid attention to that. And I said this to him. He said, that's not our problem. He said, well, there there is a retention department. I said, okay, but clearly they are not... They're not doing anything with that because, or they are, they are unsuccessful because our clients are still living. He said, okay, so what? I said, well, I'd love to be able to make a difference. I'd love to be able to do something about that. What do you have in mind? Well, I'd like to understand what they are struggling with, our clients. So, well, we need to check with a VP, with a director, this and that to get permission. I said, okay, let's, let's ask for permission. I really was concerned about it. What are we going to do? If we continue to lose clients at some point, they're going to close our division. They're going to let some people go, whatever the case might be. The thing is that with me, I see an organization as a big boat. And if we have a hold somewhere and the boat is sinking, we are all going to sink together. So I asked for permission. And as soon as I started calling these, these clients, asking them, hey, this is Brian Gollard calling you from this organization. I heard that you're having some difficulties. Uh, I'd love to understand more so that I can help you. They said, oh my God, I love your organization. I said, 
what do you mean? You left my organization five minutes ago. You were threatening that you were going to leave, right? Say, so, well, no one had called me until now. So just by calling a client and really putting yourself in their shoes and understanding what pain points they are going through, it truly, it truly makes an impact. And they realize, wow, there's no one else out there who actually truly cares. So I didn't have to make any false promises or empty promises. I didn't say by this date, you're going to have these fixed unless I knew that it was possible. It was all about just connecting with them and, and helping them understand that they truly care for their problem and then fixing it and doing something for it and not making any false promises. And that's the moment, this was about 11 or 12 years ago, 12 years ago, when I realized, hey, I actually like to fix people's problems. And then I went into business analysis and I became a product owner and a scrum master, different roles within technology where I liaise with the stakeholders to understand what kind of difficulties they have to be able to come up with solutions for them. Well, that's great, man. And this, it's been a wild ride just, just talking your story. And it, it's kind of interesting too, because like I've always been on the other side of it. You know, I've always been leading sales teams or I was an individual contributor and we always used to sell to IT folks and, and really like try and solve their problems. And in the, like it, it mimics what you're talking about with your customers, even though you're on the IT side of it, is the most successful engagements that we had is where we went from a place of like, how do we solve your problem versus how do we sell you what we have? And so anybody listening, super important because I would tell you, and this is, these are stats from folks that I'm telling you executives of fortune 500 companies that are very high up. And they would say still, even, even understanding that, that 95% of sales executives go in there and talk about, their products and what their company does and what they do. So you could differentiate yourself versus 95% of the population. If you leverage what Brian's talking about, if you leverage what I'm talking about and start with them first and really try and solve their problem because you're going to differentiate yourself versus everybody else. So, um, so Brian, we're wrapping up things now here and at time, where can people find you? How can they learn more about you to, to help with, either monetizing LinkedIn or comes to immigration or interviews, what, where can they find you? Can you share with everybody? Absolutely. If you go to canadadreamlife.com, you can subscribe to my mailing list. The, as soon as you subscribe, I will ask you on the website different questions as to what it is that you're interested in so that I don't spam you. I don't like to send emails that you're not going to see. So when you subscribe, I will ask you, are you interested in uh, improving your career? Are you interested in monetizing LinkedIn? Do you want me to let you know when I post or when I go live on LinkedIn? I have mm -hmm. this feature to go live. Um, are you interested in immigrating to Canada? Whatever it is that you're interested in, I will send you, I will send information your way. I organize a lot of free webinars for anybody to benefit, to get back on their feet. Uh, that's what I stand for. I, I really love to do that. So canadadreamlife.com. canadadreamlife.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was, it was a great journey with you. And even though I've, I've gotten an opportunity to know you really well, I've learned quite a few new things from you today and, and just about you. So that's always refreshing and great to get to know a friend at a deeper level. And then, hey, folks, sometimes, as in summary, this is something that whether it's sales or there's any other part of life, you know, crawl, walk, run, you could take the example of what Brian's talking about 
and just massively simplify it down. Don't overcomplicate things, whether it be prospecting, whether it be closing, whether it be relationships with customers, take it at a very simple approach and you can massively explode things if you just focus on those basics. So this is Ryan Staley and Brian Golden. Thank you for having, uh, thank you for coming in us and actually listening to us and going through this and having us in your ear. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources, so I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I wanna ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.